back to throw Fitzpatrick. Throwing high into the air. Got it. Parker, touchdown. What a win for this Miami Dolphin team. Wow. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network covering your Miami Dolphins each and every day. How's it going, everybody? Happy Thursday afternoon. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we are all finished up with the offense and moving on to the defense for the training camp roster preview series. And there are so many guys on this side of the ball. I can't wait to break down and dive into their games. We'll get started up front with the big boys and the group led by Christian Wilkins and Devon Godshaw on the interior defensive line. Plus, it's been out for a month and I still have not discussed the Dolphins portion of the Warren Sharp 2020 football preview publication. We'll rectify that. We'll get you caught up on the latest around Dolphins camp and I'll tell you about the worst ending to a first day of a new job imaginable. All of that and more on this Thursday, August the 6th edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins and we start here with the first news that came in late on Wednesday evening. Devon Godshaw, Dolphins defensive lineman, has been added to the reserve slash COVID-19 list. We'll get into more about Devon's game later in this podcast. Other news from Wednesday. The Dolphins had their second player, another wide receiver, opt out for the 2020 season with receiver Albert Wilson. Head coach Brian Flores had this to say about Albert Wilson's decision, quote, I support Albert's decision. I know he made it with his family in mind. I want what is best for Albert as I do for all of our players, end quote. And so this was going to be the last year on Albert Wilson's contract, a three-year deal he signed back in 2018 to join the Miami Dolphins. And I'm never going to forget that Chicago Bears game. And I do recall him against the Detroit Lions the following week, the play where he got hurt, where it looked like he was going to do it again, right? He was going to rip off another long touchdown on a short pass that he turned into a massive play, another long touchdown. But he got clipped on the back of the shoe and it just disrupted his steps just enough to tweak and injure that hip. He was coming on strong late in the year last season as at the end of 2019, but now the Dolphins will look elsewhere for production at wide receiver as both Wilson and Hearns are out of the picture for the 2020 season. And let's just be real about what this is. This is a chance for other guys to step up their games. Jakeem has been working his ass off all offseason. Isaiah Ford really shined down the stretch last year and earned admiration from Brian Flores and the coaches for his work. And Fitzpatrick echoed those sentiments by saying he's one of the most studious players he'd ever been around, a guy that understands each element of the offense the way a quarterback would. Those are the more established and known guys, but there are other guys chomping at the bit on this roster as well, like Gary Jennings, who was a fourth-round draft pick just two years ago, coming out of West Virginia. They had him and David Sills, and I remember that conversation among all draft pundits about which of those two guys would go first in the draft, and Jennings wound up going a couple rounds earlier than Sills, and here he is in Miami. He did get hurt on the one kickoff return last year, Jakeem's kickoff return for a touchdown, but he's back this season looking to make an impact on the Dolphins roster. It's a chance for Mac Hollins, who also got here in season last year. Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network couldn't rave enough about his work as a gunner when he came out of North Carolina. He got some offensive snaps last year down the stretch with the Dolphins as well. Then you've got the two undrafted free agents in Kirk Merritt and Matt Cole, both unique players. Merritt in the sense that he's everything you look for from that height, weight, speed, athletic combination you want. He started off his career at Oregon, wound up at East Mississippi Community College, the site of last chance you on Netflix and finished his career at Arkansas State. He's one guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing when the pads come on. And then Matt Cole was this year's Prospect X, the Sports Illustrated under the radar 
prospect, a big-time contributor at McKendree State on offense, but also in the kicking game, which we know how much that means to Coach Flores. And that's the old adage, right? The old cliche. If you want to find your way onto the roster, maybe beyond the top of the depth chart, you better become best friends with the special teams coach and work your ass off in that area. I'll always remember the Hard Knocks episode back in, I think it was 2009 with the Jets, when they told a certain player, I forget who it was, but they told him, if you want to make this football team, you better get to know everything there is to know about special teams coordinator Mike Westhoff, formerly of the Miami Dolphins, and really buddy up to him and work on his unit because that's your route to the football team. So that's the first way you carve out a role as one of those UDFA guys. But let's also be completely transparent here about this. There are opportunities, and nobody's going to walk out there and fall into a job. In fact, to co- quote Coach Flores from last week, we aren't going to just hand out jobs. And so there's competition to be had here. And honestly, probably a pretty safe bet to pencil Devontae Parker into the lineup. He played himself into that contract extension last year. We saw what Preston Williams did early last season, but they all have to earn it, right? This is an opportunity for the rest of the room, and I'm excited to see how all these guys respond. Another group I'm excited to see when the pads go on here at practice are the guys up front, and we continue our training camp roster preview series with another look at a Dolphins position group, this time up on the defensive line up front. Marion Hobby coaches these guys, and I had a hard time trying to find a way to differentiate who goes where in terms of what the defensive allocation is for these guys on the roster. You have defensive tackles, defensive ends, but Brian Flores talks about his positionless defense all the time, and so many of these guys play multiple spots along that defensive line that it's kind of hard to put them in a box or to pigeonhole these guys, but we're going to try anyway here and go with the interior defensive lineman again in order of jersey number, starting with Devon Godshaw up front, three accrued seasons here in Miami, a 2017 draft pick entering his fourth with the Dolphins, number 56 out of LSU. He's going to be 25 years old on opening day, and whether you're talking about position or schematics, whatever the case may be, Devon Godshaw is both versatile and adaptable, one of the more powerfully imposing interior defensive linemen in all of the NFL. Godshaw has a penchant for stacking up bodies against the run and making plays at or around the line of scrimmage. He's categorized as a defensive tackle on pro football focus. He had 33 run stops last year. Those are tackles within two yards of the line of scrimmage. And that led the NFL among that group of players. And again, to call him just a defensive tackle really would be short-sighted for Godshaw. He moved all over the formation, playing inside at nose, all the way out to the five technique, outside off the tackle. He lined up pretty much everywhere across the defensive line you can for a defensive tackle. And among the variety of fronts that Flores calls, whether Godshaw is playing an aggressive one-gap, penetrating upfield style, or a read-and-react two-gap stack approach to the defense, his snap counts have increased each year as a pro. He's played in 47 of a possible 48 career games and his 718 snaps last year were a career high. He also hit career highs in tackles with 75, sacks with two, quarterback hits with five, quarterback hurries with 11, and total pressures with 18. He was the Dolphins' Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee for the 2019 season, and Brian Flores spoke about that distinction and what it is that makes Devon the person a special guy. Quote, I think he does a lot in the community. He's shown leadership throughout time. I've, the time that I've been here. This is a guy who is very genuine and caring about giving back. He's a good human being, and I think he's deserving of Walter Payton nomination. End quote there. Up next on our list, Jason Strobridge, the rookie, number 58, out of North Carolina, a fifth-round draft pick of the Miami Dolphins back in April. Going to be 24 years old on opening day. And like a few of his new teammates, Strobridge's football career returns to the place where 
where it all began. He was a standout prep at Deerfield Beach High School here in South Florida. The Dolphins' fifth-round pick is coming back home after a successful college career at UNC. 273 pounds. He has impressive pop and burst. He tested in the 93rd percentile in the 40-yard dash with a 4.89 time, 94th percentile in the 20-yard shuttle at 4.37 seconds, and better than the 82nd percentile in the 10-yard split, three-cone, and broad jump. So all of his testing metrics spell explosive player for Strobridge. Here's what Coach Flores had to say about Strobridge. He is an outside-inside player. He lines up outside in some situations, inside in others. Good strength, good quickness. There's a lot to like about him. He played multiple positions and is very versatile and tough, end quote. And that versatility bared out in Strobridge's alignment splits. According to Pro Football Focus and their 2020 draft guide, he logged 283 snaps in the B-gap, that's between the guard and tackle, 272 snaps over the offensive tackle, and 111 snaps outside the tackle with 23 snaps in the A-gap, which is, of course, between the center and guard on the inside. So he really does play every position there in college, at least. And that's the expectation, as you hear Coach Flores talk about here with an inside-outside player. He also had 22 run stops and 28 quarterback pressures last year at UNC. Up next is Durval Kirez Neto, one accrued season second heading into Miami, number 69 on the jersey. International player out of Brazil, going to be 28 years old on opening day. And this guy really is a fascinating study. He is on the International Pathway Program, the first player for the Dolphins on that particular pathway. And he took a fascinating route to get to the NFL. Six foot four, 330 pounds. And he may well be in the running for the biggest human being capable of doing a standing backflip. And really, he can do it with quite a bit of ease. There's a video of it up on Twitter. The flexibility as well as the violent hands that he has are traits that really made him a judo champion back in his home country of Brazil. He's gotten some work with the Dolphins' offensive line. He spent last year on the practice squad with the roster exemption as part of that international pathway program. But this guy is big, explosive, and really powerful, and just thickly built, too. Also up front, Zach Sealer came over last year in the in-season acquisition number 92, his second season with the Miami Dolphins out of Ferris State. He's another one of these big, long, powerful guys that can really help control the point of attack and, again, play all across the defensive line in multiple spots and multiple formations and multiple looks. He's got a really nice get-off, a nice rip move, plays with plenty of power up front, can disengage from those blocks with those long arms. And he got plenty of playing time in that Bengals game last season where he had a huge day statistically. He had three pressures in that game, one sack, two hurries, made seven total tackles, five run stops in one game. Those, of course, are tackles within two yards of the line of scrimmage. He also knocked down two passes at the line of scrimmage. So Zach Sealer making moves late in the year last year after coming over in an in-season waiver wire claim for the Miami Dolphins. Another waiver wire claim comes up next on our list here in Ray Smith, who was just added to the roster a couple weeks ago out of Boston College, spent some time with the Lions and the Niners practice squad, number 93, 23 years old on opening day. He played in 40 career games over a four-year career at college, totaling 138 tackles as the Dolphins moved on, picking him up quickly after his release last month by claiming the defensive tackle who has explosive testing metrics at his 2019 Pro Day. He scored in rare territory across multiple athletic metrics. His 40-yard dash with 4.93 seconds, his 10-yard split at 168, his 20-yard split, his vertical, his broad jump, his shuttle and three-cone time, 
all of those stats, all of those measurements measured in the 90th percentile or better of defensive tackles. And those scores earned Smith a 9.64 overall relative athletic scorecard. The cumulative measure that we talk about on this podcast all the time from Kent Platt. He is at MathBomb on Twitter, taking a look at all those athletic measurements of pro days and combine workouts and putting it together in one score. 9.64 out of 10 overall for Ray Smith. Up next, another guy who did very well in that regard, drafted in the first round last year in Christian Wilkins, his first season last year with the Dolphins, entering number two here in Miami, number 94 out of Clemson, 24 years old on opening day. He was a 13th pick in last year's draft, and he led all of his rookie position mates with 56 tackles out of six players taken in the first round at defensive tackle. He ranked 16th in run stops among those tackles with 29 and 27th and total quarterback pressures with 30 and he only missed two tackles all season so very reliable there a tackler in the middle those 30 quarterback pressures that he had were the most for a rookie interior defensive lineman since 2016 and he really embodies the Dolphins desire to be this multiple team up front on defense with a rare first step quickness the requisite strength to hold his ground against the run he is functional whether being asked to one gap or two gap and not only does Wilkins play a variety of positions up front he produces from each spot as well I went back on a podcast earlier this summer and charted each of those 29 run stops and found that they came from nine different positions playing across the defensive line. Most of them came from the three technique. Nine of the 29 run stops came from that three technique, which aligns the defensive lineman on the outside shoulder of either guard on either side of the formation. General Manager Chris Greer summarized the traits the Dolphins found most appealing about Wilkins in last April's draft. He said Christian's a very smart, versatile football player. He was highly productive. We love the size, the athletic ability and the things he'll add to the locker room not just on the field Wilkins finished last season playing his best football over the final 10 games of his rookie season Wilkins had 24 run stops that was fourth among interior defensive linemen and 24 quarterback pressures 19th among interior defensive linemen up next, another young player, a rookie, undrafted out of Old Miss, number 95, Benito Jones. He'll be 22 years old on opening day, and he was a mainstay in the middle of that Old Miss defense last season and throughout the course of his entire career, really, where he logged 1,765 snaps, made 52 run stops, and had 45 quarterback pressures with 10 sacks to boot from the interior. And he primarily played inside with 414 snaps last year in the A-gap, 105 in the B-gap. He also played 37 out over the tackle, a according to Pro Football Focus. And NFL.com, I thought, detailed Jones' greatest strengths as a space eater in the middle of a defense for you. Quote, he's country strong with good durability, carries broad, thick chest, and good muscular build throughout arms. Excellent football character with consistent play motor, quick to recalibrate his opponent depending on blocking scheme, arm over wins into the A-gaps off the snap, good use of hands to work immediately to the edge, lateral quickness to leverage and range down the line, quick to play off the block and make a tackle, agile rusher with strength and athleticism to infiltrate pocket against single blocks. And we finish up here with yet another rookie. This one, a draft pick in the second round for the Miami Dolphins, number 56 overall. Raekwon Davis out of Alabama, number 98, 23 years old on opening day. This dude is massive. And whenever I watch the Jaguars recently or previously with the Arizona Cardinals, now he's with the Baltimore Ravens, Calais Campbell always just stood out to me as a guy that towered over other fellow huge human beings. And that's what Raekwon Davis looked like from the appearance standpoint on the football field at Alabama. You just can't miss him. And that length and power that shows up on tape that allows him to routinely claw gaps, stack and shed against the run, and disengage from blockers as a pass rusher 
We saw Brian Flores on draft day after the Dolphins made that selection, kind of showing someone off the side of his screen how he locked out and disengages those blockers after that draft pick, and he looked pretty excited about the pick in his own right. And he registered 86 pressures in his three-year career there at Alabama with 73 run stops. He played 1,849 career snaps, and he earned really consistent pro football focus grades across three years there, 84.9, 81.9, and 83.2 from his freshman year through his junior year there at Alabama. And Flores talked a lot about the hidden production in Davis's game or just a player in general and the production, how it doesn't have to show up in the stat sheet or the box score. And I love this quote here from Coach Flores. I've always told players that you can play a great game and have no stats. If you set the edge every time, if you're in your gap, if you make every tackle, if you force the ball whether wherever we want to force it, if you make your block, you can literally have nothing on the stat sheet but play a great game. I am on record saying that to players dating back to as long as I have been coaching. I truly believe that. So when people say statistics, when I see Raekwon, I see a guy who is defeating blocks, taking two blocks, and creating plays for his teammates. There are a lot of hidden stats and that I look at personally. I think he does a good job at maybe some of those hidden stats, end quote. And so plenty of new guys up front on that Dolphins defensive line, plenty of new guys on the defense in general. And that's where we're going to pivot here into our conversation about the Warren Sharp 2020 analytics preview. He publishes this thing every year. It's a manifesto of great information. I highly, highly recommend it for any football fan out there because it can help educate you on the analytics side of the game. His entire mission statement is to maximize efficiency and that's football field and otherwise. And I just want to go over some of the more intriguing points he has on his Dolphins page, which is like five or six pages per every team. This thing, it's a, it's a dictionary. It's a huge thesaurus of information. And first he talks about positional spending, which I always find so interesting because you can kind of find out what a team prioritizes on their roster in terms of where they allocate their salary cap money to. And we know the Dolphins had money to spend this offseason and they spent it in free agency, bringing a lot of talent into this roster as he breaks down the way the Dolphins' money is being allocated across the positions this year. In total on offense, the Dolphins have the 29th most money tied up in their offense as far as commitments on the salary cap. At quarterback, it's 18th most in the NFL. On the offensive line, 28th most. Running back is 14th most. Receiver, 18th most. And tight end, 32nd most money at the tight end position in the NFL. For all defense, all things considered, all positions, they have the sixth most money on the defense, 18th on the defensive line, 17th at linebacker, number one at cornerback, and number 11 at the safety position. So you see the clear allocation of resources there into the defensive secondary, utilizing a bunch of dime, quarter, dollar, and half dollar defensive packages where you have six, seven, eight defensive backs on the field on top of what now is the base defense in the NFL with nickel defense and five defense defensive backs, you're going to see more six defensive backs packages as the Dolphins did last year. Then you see four, and that's commonplace in the NFL. The four defensive back package, your quote-unquote base defense, that is one of the most sub-package defenses there is in the NFL based upon statistics and snap utilization across the NFL for all 32 teams. And so Warren Sharp here continues to harp, nice rhyme, on the offseason the Dolphins had. And context tells you, well, of course, because they had money to spend and a plan for how to allocate those dollars. But here's a really interesting tidbit. Miami signed as many players this offseason with an average annual salary of $7.5 million as they did the previous seven years combined. And he notes that is remarkable, a unique statistic there for this Dolphins team. And that's also kind of a product of this fact that Sharp notes. The Dolphins played the least experienced defense in the NFL in 2019. 
The average age per snap for the Dolphins last year on defense was 25.1 years old. And to be perfectly frank, frank, though that number will likely go up a little bit this year, that's going to be still a very low number because this is a very young team built mostly of first and second year players. And the Dolphins started 10 different rookies on defense last year for a total of 53 games started by rookies. Both of those were the most in football. They also started players with just one year of experience for 33 games by five players under that criteria. And I think this next stat makes that even more impressive. The Dolphins were 5-2 and two in one-score games. A young team that finds a way to win, that can serve as a crucial building block going forward for your organization. And to further illustrate the youth movement here in Miami, Sharp notes the equivalence for players, years of experience with the full-season equivalent. Basically, Miami had 3.3 Rookies play a full season. So basically, you take that down to a 16-game sample size. The Dolphins had 3.3 rookies play 16 full games. Players with one or two years of experience, 2.1 players there. And players with two years of experience, 3.2. So you have, what is that, three, six, eight... Eight and a half. You had eight and a half players on average play a full season of starting football that had either no experience, one year of experience, or two years of experience last year for this young Miami Dolphins football team. And he writes here, having established the peer youth, let's look at the quality of starters doing the same exercise as above to determine of the 11 full season starters what their makeup was by draft round. Undrafted players were 2.5 full season starters. Fifth to seventh round draft picks were for three players of full season equivalents. And only 8.5 out of 11 spots were actually players drafted. Exactly half the defense, five and a half spots, were players drafted in the fifth to seventh rounds or undrafted. And the other half of the defense was drafted in the first four rounds. On top of the fact that Sharp notes the injury data here, the Dolphins had the third most missed snaps by injured players on defense last season and had 28 total players make starts on defense. He then writes that the talent imported this offseason is impressive, noting the draft positioning of the free agent signed, Byron Jones and Shaq Lawson, both former first-round draft picks. Kyle Van Noy and Emmanuel Ogba, both second-round draft picks once upon a time. Premium talent. He writes, these are pedigree players with four, five, and six years of experience. He then mentions the draft spending premium picks. Top three rounds, as he defines it, as a premium pick, rounds one through three on defensive players, giving the Miami Dolphins defense seven new premium pedigree talent players on defense in one offseason. Nobody matched that or even came close this offseason, and that's on top of Xavier Howard, Christian Wilkins, Raquan McMillan, Eric Rowe, and Jerome Baker, who were all top three round picks. So now we've got 12 players selected with a premium pick on this defense, as Sharp describes it. And let's go ahead and wrap this up, the Warren Sharp 2020 Dolphins preview with some just random numbers from the preview section here. Some numbers on Ryan Fitzpatrick talking about success rate on first, second, and third down. And he describes success rate as a way to measure a play's effectiveness as far as yardage gain compared to the down and distance. And so Fitzpatrick was below league average on Warren's success rate on first down with a success rate of 47% compared to 52% league-wide. But he was better than league average on both second and third downs. And second down, he was 47% compared to the league average of 45%. And on third down, 36% compared to a league average of 35%. Devontae Parker accounted for 23% of the Dolphins passing game share last year. The next highest was Mike Gesicki at 15%. Preston Williams up next at 11%. Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns both tying at 9% each with Grant and Ford at 6% and then a bunch of running backs at 5% in that in that offensive passing game share. In total, offensive share in general, running game and passing game. Devontae Parker was tops at 15%. Kalen Balaj up 
next at 12%. Patrick Laird at 11 Mike Gesicki, Mark Walton, and Kenyon Drake all at 9%. Preston Williams and Albert Wilson at 7%. And Alan Hearns at 6% of the offense. And of course, there were some more guys making up lower percentages than that on the Dolphins roster last year. And the rest, really, of this preview is way too into the weeds for a podcast platform. But again, I'll highly recommend checking it out. The 2020 Warren Sharp NFL preview. You can find it on sharpfootballanalysis.com. And to put a bow on this podcast, on this thing, let's go ahead and tell a little story about my first day here at the Dolphins facility. So the office is one part of the property and where the podcast gets recorded is on the complete other side of campus or the property, whatever you want to call it. So I walk along the backside of the bleachers that overlook the practice field to get to where I have to go. And the weather has been crazy so far here. Today, it's really hot and nice and sunny. But for the most part this week, it's been sunny one minute and then a torrential downpour the next. And actually, I like it because the weather, the heat has not been too bad at all. But we've got umbrellas we can check out and take with us. So this should be no problem, right? Well, not so fast, my friend. Very, very wrong. There's a little section back there where the ground kind of comes in this valley. And this is where I'm completely complicit in this entire saga. I had just published a story, so I was tweeting it out while making my walk back to the studio to record the podcast and not watching where I'm going. But to my defense, in my peripheral, all I saw was the proverbial green grass on the way to the end zone. And the only real thing I have to worry about at this point on my way to the end zone is connecting on that high five before we cross the goal line, so to speak. Except that damn turf monster only, I wish that I had tripped and fell, and it was the turf monster because that would have been way better by comparison to what actually did happen. What I did, like a total moron, was find myself in the middle of a puddle that nearly fully immersed both of my shoes, and by the time that I had realized this was actually happening, I had way too much forward momentum and had to actually forge the damn thing, like the old Oregon Trail game when you cross the Green River and your ferry crashes and you drown all your horses and spill all your grain into the river. So the way my mind processes the next move here in really short order is to get across the water as fast as I possibly can and somehow defy gravity by minimizing all contact with the ground, which means bringing up the high knees and using only my tippy toes to propel myself off the ground for each step. So I'm sure the security staff got a great look at the ding-dong out there, the new guy walking around doing high knees in the middle of a downpour, falling in a puddle, shoes completely soaked, socks so wet you could wring them out. And that's how the end of my first day here at Dolphins headquarters concluded with me driving home barefooted. Welcome to Florida, I guess. The glass half full of me though says, hey, well, that's a story we'll tell at my retirement 30, 40, 50 years down the way. So a good story for the future, but not a lot of fun in the moment. All right, let's go ahead and get out of here. Just a heads up, we are going to publish tomorrow's programming, both the uh, Defensive Edge preview as well as the podcast on Saturday. So no podcast tomorrow on Friday, but we will have a special release on Saturday for you guys. We are in five shows per week territory now, so buckle up. It is football season. That is going to be my time today. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL. Follow the Dolphins at Miami Dolphins on all social medias. Check out the Fish Tank and the Audible podcast. And of course, MiamiDolphins.com. We have the interior defensive line preview up live on the site right now. Until next time, fins up.